offensive lineman for the Kansas City Chiefs, Laurent Duvernay Tardif. <laughs> he just graduated med school in Quebec, and he wants to put MD after the name on his jersey, and the NFL said no. It's since become a big cause. Of course. Yo. The back of the jersey is for your name. MD is not part of your name. It's a degree and an occupation. You're asking for free advertising. MD just isn't part of your name. A lot of NFL players wear senior on their jerseys after their name. Like Terrell Pryor Sr. That's stupid too. It's not part of his name. Junior is for his kid, but senior is not on Terrell Pryor's birth certificate. If you want to go in that direction, do what soccer does. Let the players pick what goes on the back of their jerseys. Virgil van Dyke of Liverpool uses his first name. It just says Virgil. Sergio Aguero of Man City uses Kuhn Aguero because Kuhn was his childhood nickname after a Argentinian cartoon character. But if you do that, get ready for the return of he hate me to football. My idea is number and last name, period, just like it's always been. Hang up your shingle somewhere else and celebrate your sperm working somewhere else. Hey, Dr. Duvenet Tardif, go play hockey for the Quebec Nordiques. See what they let you put on the back of their jersey. And guess what? You just made the list. The list brought to you by Matt Mertz Plumbing. Count on a name you can trust. Dial 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. MD. Senior. Did you get what I'm saying about the senior? Nobody's named senior. You need a junior before you can be a senior. And even then, it's not part of your name. Just stupidity. I don't care. It was nice to, you know, kill off doing the list with with that, but beyond that, I don't care. I say I care, but I know I don't. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. I've been fired up all day about the Pirates starting Sean Rodriguez the last three games. He went 0 for 9 in those three games, and the Pirates lost all three. They've now lost five in a row, and they are sinking fast. Sinking fast, but the Pirates seem more committed to trying to keep Sean Rodriguez's spirits up than they do actually winning ball games. Neil Huntington made that clear when he spoke. And by the way, every time Neil Huntington opens his mouth, every single word is horse manure. Every single word. But Huntington talked about playing Sean Rodriguez because he's a consummate professional. He works so hard. Let's get him a cluster of at-bats and see what happens. Well, they got him a cluster of at-bats. And here's what happened. Oh, for friggin' nine. Sean Rodriguez absolutely stinks. He should be DFA'd. Every time he starts, well, put it this way. These last three games he started were home games. 
I would have gone to the ticket office and asked for a refund based on him starting. It's an insult to every paying customer. Sean Rodriguez is literally one for June. People joke about that, but he's one for June. One hit in June. One for 26, and he struck out 13 times in 26 at-bats. He stinks. I can't emphasize enough that there's no explanation needed. You don't need to probe deeper than saying Sean Rodriguez stinks. And if you see him in the street, tell him he stinks. See him at a gas station, tell him he stinks. See him at a restaurant, tell him he stinks. If you see his wife and family, don't tell them he stinks. That would be going too far. And they've already figured it out. They know him better than anybody. Daddy, you stink. My husband stinks. Have you seen my husband play baseball? He stinks. The kids are crying, why does daddy stink? I don't know, but he stinks. He's making 5.75 mil, kid. Look on the bright side. No public school for you. Sean Rodriguez is hitting 145. I keep hearing about his intangibles, his leadership. Let's talk about his tangibles, though. His ability to put bat on ball. He's hitting 145. Remember the race between his batting average and my tested IQ? My tested IQ is running away with it. 166 to 145. Did you know that 145 is the lowest batting average in Major League Baseball for anybody with the amount of plate appearances Sean Rodriguez has, which is 139? And as far as him reaching a crescendo, a comeback, a a better performance with this cluster of at-bats? His career average is 226. How much better is he ever going to do? He should have done what most frauds do when he crashed his car, and that's take the insurance money and gotten out because this is just depressing. It's an absolute joke. Here's how bad Sean Rodriguez is. He's hitting 145, right? If he went 10 for his next 10, And how many guys have ever gotten 10 hits and 10 at-bats? I doubt if it's ever happened. If he got 10 hits in his next 10 at-bats, he'd be hitting 212, which still blows. Huntington says the Pirates are looking for a breakthrough from Rodriguez. Instead of looking for a breakthrough for Rodriguez, Dunsky, just try to win more games. Huntington has played 13 games this month. The Pirates are 2-11 when he plays. Like I said, Hurdle's a wuss. That big, fat face, that beet red, big, fat face. He tries to posture like a tough guy. He's a wuss. He's playing his buddy, just like he started his buddy in the wild card game in 2015. Hurdle's a wuss. He's a fraud. He's an idiot. Saturday was Sean Rodriguez's bobblehead day at PNC. He got booed on his own bobblehead day. That tells you quite a bit, doesn't it? And... He made an error. The fielding specialist made an error. He put the bobble in bobblehead. Yikes. I love these Neil Huntington quotes. I'm looking at these Neil Huntington quotes in front of me. He said, Rodriguez is incredibly productive off the field. What does that even mean? How can he be productive off the field? That's just nuts. 412-333-9939, 412-333-9939, the number to call. As we noted with the great Paul Steigerwald, Penguins didn't make any big deals over the weekend at the draft. Probably the biggest development at the draft, you'd have to say, 
was that John Carlson signed an eight-year extension worth 64 mil. I guess Oliver Ekman Larson has agreed to the same level deal to stay in Arizona. Ilya Kovalchuk signed with the LA Kings, coming back to the KHL. So uh, the Penguins haven't made a move. I don't know if they will. I don't think they should be compelled to because they've got a pretty good team as is. But uh, Jim Rutherford's a great GM, obviously. We should all have a lot of faith in him. I know I do. And uh, he'll do what's needed when it's needed. Rutherford might get in the Hall of Fame this week. That's the word. Now, do you think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Pretty good goalie, but that's not what this is about. This would be his work as a GM with Carolina and Pittsburgh. He's won three cups. He brought Pittsburgh back from the brink of people thinking that they just weren't going to win another cup, that Sid and Gino were one and done from 09. And uh, he won in Carolina where nobody won before and nobody will ever win again. He had no budget to work with, but he got them one cup and to one final. So, yeah, I, I could see him making it. There are uh, lesser executives than him in the Hall of Fame, that's for sure. Did you see that video from the draft? There was a kid in a Penguins jersey who was like running errands for the Penguins table. And I found out later it was Jim Rutherford's kid who, who listens to this show. Good kid. So he's running errands, and Bill Guerin asked him to get him a salami and cheese sandwich. And the kid goes, well, they don't have that. And Garrett goes, okay, what I want you to do is get me salami, cheese. on." A, and the kid goes, they don't have that. They have snacks and drinks, that's all. And the kid's being respectful, but like after Billy asked for the salami and cheese sandwich like five times, you can tell the kid just wants to pop Billy. It was really funny. It's on YouTube, it's on Twitter, it's, it's, it's funny stuff. Now, an enterprising kid would have found the salami and the cheese somewhere. But uh, on the other hand, I don't know if Billy should be ordering around the GM's kit. 412-333. Oh, that Hall of Fame thing's tomorrow. They announce who makes it tomorrow. Wow. Here's a Tavares. Uh, no, Tavares is meeting with a bunch of teams before free agency opens up on July 1st. And... Uh, Montreal asked for a meeting with Tavares, and he said no. That's tremendous. I like it when uh, a team wants to talk to a free agent, and he just says no without hearing the offer. In other words, no matter how much money you offer me, I will not come to Montreal. Boy, the way Montreal's looked lately, I can, I can understand that. Uh, the teams Tavares is reportedly talking to, by the way, Dallas, San Jose, Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay, and Nashville, and, of course, to the Islanders. A lot of people still holding on to the fantasy that Tavares will return to the Islanders. I don't know that I see that. I got a couple tweets asking me to analyze the Penguin draft. Okay, didn't have a first-round pick. So my basic analysis for the Penguins draft is no one will make the team this year. My secondary analysis is this Addison kid, the defenseman, the second-round pick, he plays exactly like the Penguins like their defenseman to play. Oh, wow, here's some hot news. Wow, listen to this. Jason Mackey reporting that Riley Shane and Tom Kuhnhockel did not receive qualifying offers. 
That means they're both unrestricted free agents, and that means neither one's coming back. Riley Shand. Now, to me, that indicates they're going to keep Broussard as the third center. Unless something up is up Rutherford's sleeve, I just can't see. Wow. You know what this reminds me of? Remember how I said last year in the playoffs, I couldn't believe that Sullivan was playing Shane ahead of Broussard? Well, if, if Shane's not there, Sullivan can't play him ahead of Broussard. Sullivan can't fire that gun if Rutherford takes the bullets away. But still, that, that surprises me. Uh, Alexiak and Russ did receive qualifying offers. Oh, Josh Elliott reporting now the Penguins will still try to sign Shane. Kuhnhockel probably not. I, I'm a Kuhnhockel fan. I'm sorry to see him go. I think it was an excellent penalty killer and an excellent fourth line wing. 412-333-9930. And wow, we're not getting any big news. We're just getting little dribs and drabs of little news. You know what I could really go for right now? A salami and cheese sandwich. Does anybody out there have a salami and cheese sandwich? I don't want snacks or drinks. I just want a salami and cheese sandwich. Hey, if Jim's kid's listening, give me a salami and cheese sandwich. And I don't want to hear about those snacks and drinks. Salami and cheese sandwich. 105.9 X. Make me make fun of you? Yes, I love you, Mark. But I'll be quite blunt, slap nuts. The X at 105.9. Here's the latest on the Penguins. Uh, Sprong and Simone signed contract extensions today. Two years. Average annual value of 750k. Uh, unrestricted free agents Brian Rust and Jamie Alexiak were extended qualifying offers. Unrestricted free agents Riley Shane and Tom Kuhnhockel were not, which means they will become unrestricted free agents. It's being reported that the Penguins will still try to sign Shane, but will not try to sign Kuhnhockel. I wonder how serious they are about re-signing Shane if they didn't extend him a qualifying offer. I thought he did okay, but only okay. And if he leaves, well, go get another fourth-line center. This does seem to indicate they're going to hold on to Broussard, though, doesn't it? Him being a a third-line center, well, their third-line center, would be up the depth chart with just about any other team. We've been talking about the possibilities for the Penguins that are being mooted. What are your takes on the... Free agent development, I just told you. What about Jeff Skinner? What about Chris Kunitz? What about Jack Johnson? Dial 412-333-WXDX. We've been bitching about the Pirates because that's what you do if you talk about the Pirates. You complain because they really leave you no other choice. Dejan Kovacevic reported yesterday at his website the Pirates are trying to trade Harrison Mercer, Free Cervelli, and even Dickerson. Before the deadline. That's four starters. They're essentially looking to gut the team. And when they do, they're going to blame you. They're going to blame attendance. They're going to talk about revenue. They're going to ignore the $82 million the team has made over the past two years. They're going to be ignoring the revenue sharing. They're going to be ignoring the TV money. They're going to be ignoring the tech money. They're going to blame you. Because the greed of Bob Nutting knows no bounds. The greed of Bob Nutting can never be satiated. He wants every single dollar 
he can get. And he'll get it even if he has to rip the team down to a level like Oakland or Miami have done uh, recently. Okay, it, when they trade Harrison, Gunn goes in at second. When they trade Mercer, you know who the shortest start stop is? Sean Rodriguez. He is. He's the starting shortstop when Mercer gets traded. Freeze is a utility guy. Cervelli, they got Diaz, but you need two catchers. And when they trade Cervelli, they only have one, and he'll be young and not all that proven. Dickerson, they're going to say, well, we want to get Meadows in the lineup. You should get Meadows in the lineup anyway. Just don't play Polanco. It's just a stink sandwich, but every day they don't take a bite. Every day they make you take a bite. And Austin Meadows is on the bench tonight, by the way. I'm disappointed I didn't get more talk about the cheerleader topic from before. Let's reset that for, for 30 seconds, see what happens. I got some other hockey free agency notes. I'll get to you in a second with those. But a bunch of NFL cheerleaders are suing. The Washington cheerleaders claim that the Redskins, I hate using that word, sorry, I slipped, that the team pimped them out uh, to rich sponsors. Not sexually, but they had to, like, you know, just just hang out with them at functions and rub up against them, stuff like that, wear provocative clothing and whatnot. And then a cheerleader for the Houston Texans is claiming she had to tape her fat down with duct tape. First off, how do you do that? I mean, I'm not sure there's enough duct tape in the world to help me, but nonetheless. But the way to not be subjected to this is to not do the job. Because you're not doing it for money. Seriously. If you're an NFL cheerleader, they're paid so little, you're not doing it for money. You're doing it because you can't get your mind out of high school. You never mature to the point where you could be popular for reasons other than your looks. Or to the point where popularity didn't matter to you that much. But if you are going to be a cheerleader, you got to look good. So if you don't, if you need your fat tape down, well, that's a little extreme, but lose some weight better yet. There are certain jobs where you have to look good and have a hot body. And if you don't look good and don't have a hot body, don't expect to do those jobs. Whether it's cheerleader, Hooters girl, uh, runway model. I know those are some extreme examples. Hooters girl on this end, runway model on the other. But uh, don't you see what I'm saying? And, like, I can't believe with all the attempts to eliminate sexism in every way we can, including taking swimsuit competition out of Miss America. I can't believe there's still such a thing as a high school cheerleader. I can't believe that hasn't been ushered out of existence. High school cheerleaders are there to cheer on the guys. The guys are on the field and the girls stand on the sidelines and cheer them. That is the epitome of sexism. That is the epitome of objectification. But high school is a popularity contest. The athletes are the popular guys. The cheerleaders are the popular girls. Although I haven't been in high school in a long time. There's restraining order, something like that. And, uh, you know, I would assume that the female athletes are becoming very popular now too. But why are there still cheerleaders? Seriously, why are there still cheerleaders? I'm not saying I want them eliminated. I just can't believe they haven't been. 412-333-9939, the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. Trying to get other crap to talk about. Nothing's on the tip of my tongue. Steeler training camp in under five weeks. That's what's on the tip of my tongue.
Free agency in hockey, July 1st. That's what's on the tip of my tongue. 105.9 X. Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, love the show. Double M, big fan, big fan. He's a game changer. He's a guy that makes a big difference. Ooh, that's a good one. The X at 105.9. Uh, Jason Mackey, the Post-Gazette, reporting that the Penguins are negotiating to keep Riley Shane the center, despite having let him go to unrestricted free agency by not making him a qualifying offer in his restricted free agency. Now, if I'm Riley Shane, and I really like it here, I try to get a deal done. But since I am unrestricted, I listen to everybody. I don't think he's going to get a huge offer, but... uh, I tell my agent to see what's out there for sure. No point being loyal to a team that didn't even think highly enough of you to make a qualifying offer in your restricted free agency. Uh, Pierre Lebrun says Joe Thornton's going to stay in San Jose. And he adds that the Sharks have room to sign John Tavares and keep Joe Thornton too. Frank Cervelli reports that 10 or more teams are talking to James Van Riemsdyk the uh, free agent winger from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jim Rutherford said a few things today. He said that uh, he'd like to see Latang's workload cut down to 23 or 24 minutes. Uh, yeah, that'd be great, but that's easier said than done, especially when you're so used to turning to Tanger in every tight and tough situation. I think that would be good for Latang. He won't think so, not initially, but... Uh, I think that would be good for the Penguins in the long run, looking ahead to season's future and even to next year's playoffs. Rutherford said that Teddy Bluger could play fourth-line center in the NHL, that he's progressed enough to get to that point. He, of course, is a Penguin prospect who's been in the organization a few years. From what I've seen of the kid at stuff like Prospect Camp, I like him. I think he's all right. He's 23. If he's going to do it, he better do it soon. Here's a baseball note that's interesting. Remember we talked about Luke Heimlich, the kid from Oregon State, who uh, did a plea deal after he allegedly molested his six-year-old niece when he was, I think, 15 years old? That news leaked last year before it was expunged from his record. He would have got drafted in the first round last year, would have got drafted in the first round this year of the MLB draft, except for this uh, heinous act, which he says now he did not do. He says he did a plea deal to expedite things and to, you know, keep the profile low. It looks like Kansas City might sign him as a free agent, the Royals. But I can't believe they'll pull the trigger. That will be such an excrement storm the minute they do it. That said, Oregon State, and I believe Oregon State did the right thing letting him continue to pitch this year. They suspended him last year pending, you know, uh, I hate to say the thing blowing over, but it did blow over at least in their mind, although the Sports Illustrated and the New York Times cover stories kind of brought it back. You know, it's hard to talk about this. Because I think the kid should get a second chance, but I wouldn't give it to him. I think the kid should get a second chance, 
but I can understand if he doesn't. But if you're looking at it just from trying to win baseball games, which is clearly why Oregon State let him keep pitching, this year he's 16-2 and going into the College World Series with a 2.8 ERA, and that's pitching to aluminum bats. 2.8, 16-2. That's unbelievable. So, again, it, it's I'd like to see the kid get a second chance. I just wouldn't give it to him. If it were my team, I wouldn't sign him. Same with Kaepernick. Two very diverse situations. But uh, I think Kaepernick should get a second chance. But if I owned an NFL team, I wouldn't sign him, even if he was good enough to play for my team. It just isn't worth the headache. Some hills aren't worth dying on. Some things just aren't worth the headache. Sidney Crosby was on a tour of Wimbledon today. You can see it on Twitter. His tour guide was Maria Sharapova. Now, Sid, as far as I know, still has had the same girlfriend for years, but he had a crush like crazy on Sharapova when he was a teenager. Maybe it's finally shot. Maybe he's a grass court kind of guy. Who knows what the grass is like on that court, though? What the hell? I'm not even sure what that means. I've been listening to Neil Huntington talk too much. I'm saying stuff with no discernible meaning. Pirates are just done. They play at New York tonight. Austin Meadows isn't in the lineup. You know, I was hearing uh, some people on the B team talk, and they were saying, well, you can't play Mercer every game. You can't play Austin Meadows every game. Why not? It's baseball. Why not? Okay, I know you sound like you want the kids to get off your lawn, the dogs to get off your lawn, and like you're yelling at a cloud when you say, back when I was younger, such and such happened. But back when I was younger... Every regular on a baseball team, barring injury, played like 150 games. It's not a contact sport. Pete Rose played a buck 62 every year, and he played the game like his rectum was on fire. Took incredible physical risk game in and game out, but played every day because it, it's baseball. I mean, that's like taking a rest from checkers. Like, I better not play checkers every day. I'd get worn out. Checkers. Spaceball. But uh, with the Pirates, here's what's sad about Clint Hurdle. I've been calling Clint Hurdle a wuss all day, and he is. Scared to bench anybody. Scared of negative feedback from the locker room. He's a Little League manager. Everyone gets to play three innings. When he first became Pirates manager, one thing I praised him for, and if you listen to this show, you will recall me saying this. I used to really place Hurdle at the yin-yang because he would manage in April like it was August and it was a pennant race because he knew the Pirates weren't very good and he had to keep them in the race you know, by maximum managing effort every game or they'd fade from it soon. And when he first got here, he kept the Pirate teams. Remember before they made the playoff berth? They were in contention for a playoff berth for 500, you know, well into to summer because he managed at a breakneck pace, and now he doesn't do that. And I don't know why. I think he's gone, you know, soft. I think he's a sissy mirror. I think he just doesn't want to hear any negative feedback about anything from anybody. Let's go to Eric in Bethel Park. Eric, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. Do you think with the, uh, with the Pens not extending an offer to Riley Sayan, do you think that's, uh, kind of indicates that they're going. They're going to go after Tyler Bozak. 
No, I don't think they are going after Tyler Bozak because they still have Derek Broussard, who would be the fourth-line center. Well, I was just thinking with his history with Kessel. I I heard you, but but answer my question. Who would be the fourth-line center? Oh, no, no, I I agree with that. I I, I don't think they'll be going after Tyler Bozak. And anyway, you know what that would be another example of if they got Tyler Bozak? Oh, who do we get for Phil? We're worried about Phil. We've got to keep Phil happy. Phil's going to get mad. Got to get somebody he likes. They've tiptoed around Phil long enough. And that, for me, is a good enough reason to not even talk to Tyler Bozak's agents. What's Phil going to do? Phil might be mad. Got to tiptoe, tiptoe, tiptoe. Can't get Phil mad. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. It's quite an exciting part of the show. All you need to do is dial 412-333-WXDX and ask Mark anything. I'm hoping for some entertaining questions today because we've talked about Sean Rodriguez far too long, but they keep playing him. What am I going to do? We talked about Phil Kessel far too long, but that is an issue. And believe me, the Kessel-Sullivan thing will blow up at some point this coming season. It might not blow up to the point where you know Sullivan has to quit or Kessel has to get traded because this town's not big enough for the two of them. It'll, it'll boil over because it's just always going to. You know, Phil was here for a while and that didn't happen. Now he's been here long enough where it's going to happen. Which is why, I don't know if I mentioned this stat on the air. Not a stat, really, but in 2006, Phil Kessel was the fifth player drafted. The four players drafted above him have been traded a total of one time so far. Because guys with pedigree don't get traded. They might move as a free agent like Jordan Stalton. He went, you know, third to Pittsburgh in that draft. But, you know, Eric Johnson, the defense, went number one. He got traded once, but that's it, just once. Phil got traded twice before he was 28 because he comes with an expiration date. You get sick of him. You just do. You just do. I mean, how can you not understand that? Anyway, ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Centers near you. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Good day, Mr. Madden. Good day. Hey, Mark. I want a sugar daddy. Double M, love hang. How about all at once? The X at 105.9. Double M on the X. It's time to ask Mark anything. 412-333-WXDX. Brought to you by Chapino Restaurant Cigar Bar. It's the city's best seafood and chapas, and it's located in the Strip. So go there and check out the super genius burger. Let's go to Andrew and Cranberry. Andrew, you're on with Double M. Good day, Mark. Right. I was just wondering the uh, logic behind the Penguins not giving a qualifying offer to Shane if they were going to offer him anyway. Well, the qualifying offer has to be a certain percentage of the last contract, and he made almost $2.1 million last year, and maybe they thought that was too much, let alone with a whatever percent raise. Okay, and you don't think that's a, a risk taking um, with other teams being able to offer him? Not, not, if, not if you don't care if you lose him. That's true. I mean, seriously, maybe they just you know feel they'd like to have him at the right price, but if they lose him, oh well, they got Teddy Bluger. And really, he's the fourth-line center if you look at the depth chart properly. If you look at Broussard as the third center, correct? That's correct. Well, there you go. Thank you for the call. Uh, okay, I'm looking at the qualifying offer. 
The current team must extend a qualifying offer to restricted free agents to retain negotiating rights. Qualifying offers are one-year contract. The minimum salary for a player who made over $1 million must be offered 100% of his prior salary. So you would actually just have to offer Shane the same as he made last year, but clearly they do not think he's worth that. Interesting. I'll be blunt. I don't think he's worth that either. Let's go to uh, Steve in the car. Steve, ask Mark anything. That was good. Let's go to Brandon in Mars. Brandon, ask Mark anything. What up, Mark? What up? I was just wondering what you thought about my team there. Uh, I'm a huge Oakland Raiders fan, and I uh, want to know what your thoughts were uh, about what's going on over there with John Gruden and all their offseason. I think before. John Gruden will be a bust. Oh, yeah? I think he's been away from the game too long. Remember when Barry Melrose came back after years of not coaching to coach the Tampa Bay Lightning and he lasted like seven weeks? Yeah. He was away from the game too long. Commenting about it on TV and keeping your sources up in the league that way, it's not the same as being in the trenches and coaching a hockey team or a football team. So I think Gruden also is too full of himself. I think his hubris will work against him. I think he will certainly struggle initially and maybe uh, for the long run as well. Why? What do you think? Well, I think I don't know. I think he's got a good supporting cast, and I think that um, even though he's been out for a while, not down on the sidelines, I think that uh, you know visiting other facilities, talking to other coaches, being shoulder to shoulder with the players and coaches. I like I told you. I just think that's different. I expect them to struggle certainly initially. Maybe he'll get his feet on him and get back in the coaching groove, but he won't do it right away. I'm pretty certain about that. Let's go to Phil in Cincinnati. Phil, ask Mark anything. Is World War One the biggest turning point in human civilization history? Oh, no, I think it's World War Two, don't you? No, I think it's World War One. How so? Well, there wouldn't be World War Two without World War One. Right, but there was well, World War Two. Of course there was. World War One. that's when autocracy died. When what Germany. died? Autocracy. Okay, you lost me. What do you mean? The Habsburgs, Habsburg Empire, Austria-Hungary. Yeah, the the, the Archduke of Sarajevo got killed. Mm -hmm. The Tsar fell, Nicholas II. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I can't accept that that there's no World War II without World War I, even though it's true. But I always say what could have happened did, and if Hitler wins World War II... Uh, the, the the earth is enslaved for years. No, I totally agree. Okay, so I'm going to go with World War II. Either that or uh, when the Pirates traded Kiner. See, that's not true. just that autocracy died. An autocracy is a system of government by one person with absolute power. I mean, what, what do you call Hitler? What do you call Stalin? That wasn't when autocracy died. And I, I usually use the term dictatorship. Let's go to Nick in Hampton. Nick, ask Mark anything. What up, man? What up, man? Hey, uh, LeBron has till Friday to enter out of his deal there in Cleveland. I uh, just wanted to see if you thought he was going to leave, and if so, where do you think he's going to go? Boy, I don't see anybody who really appears to have the definite answer. Do you? 
No, I mean, Coward says the Lakers. He says that's like an 80, 90% chance thing. If you uh, ma- okay, but, let me ask you, know. you. If I made you pick one team, what would, where would you say? I would say LA. He has a home there. Yeah, I would say the Lakers because, like you mentioned, he has a home there. And I think when you look at what he wants to do after basketball, LA would be the logical base for it because LA is the capital of everything where you can make money. Absolutely, and that's uh, that's a lot with Magic Johnson's influence on him for sure. Yeah, but then again, um, let me ask you this: LeBron. If you're Magic Johnson, would you want LeBron? Because once LeBron comes in, he's in charge. I think you want anything that's going to knock Golden State off at this point. I don't know if it, if it came down to me having my job or not. I know Magic, you know, has a lot of stroke there, but once LeBron gets there, I mean, I'm right, right? Once LeBron gets there, he's more powerful than Magic, correct? No, you're absolutely right. There's no doubt about that. See, I, I'd rather have the power. I'd rather have, I'd rather try to win my way under, like, if, if I think that would be very demeaning for Magic Johnson to be LeBron James's puppet, don't you? I would agree. That's definitely not Magic's position. I don't think that ever should be. Um, could you see him going back to Cleveland? Yes. I, that's not yeah. the way I would bet. But actually, if you made me rate the, the favorites, I'd say Lakers first, Cleveland second. And you know what else has to happen if he goes to L.A.? They have to get rid of Lonzo. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. He, he, he's not going to live with that crazy old bastard for even one second. And finally, let's go to Tim in the car. Tim, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark, what are your top three Quentin Tarantino movies? That's a good question. Uh, number one is definitely Inglorious Bastards. Number two, I mean, how could you not say Pulp Fiction? You got to put it up there. And number three, I really like Django Unchained. How about you? Yeah, it's a good one. I think Jackie Brown's an underrated film too. Yeah, Jackie Brown's really good. But I, yeah. I would go, I would go uh, with. And I wasn't a fan of either Kill Bill, were you? No, I do think the second Kill Bill is better than the first. I understand what he did. He was trying to do a spoof on the on the kung fu genre. Am I right? Right. But it, but I just don't care about that. That's too much indulgement for him. But I would I would definitely go with Inglorious Bastards first, Pulp Fiction, and then Django. Am I crazy for picking Inglorious Bastards first? Uh, I understand, but Pulp Fiction, I think that's number one. Do you know who was supposed to play the Bear Jew in Inglorious Bastards and couldn't make it because of a prior commitment? Was it Adam Sandler? Yep. It turned out yeah. to be Eli Roth. It's supposed to be Adam Sandler. Yep. That would have been great, right? I mean, Eli oh, yeah, Roth was real good, too. <laughs> All right, thanks. Good call. Now, see, that was a good call. I want more calls like that tomorrow. Good talk. See you out there. 105.9.